0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. If you know anything about God, you probably know that He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. So how can we run away from Him? We can't, but we try. That story should sound familiar. We'll hear more as we listen to First Pres Middle School Coordinator,
1: Christian Schrappel. Today is a historical day because it is the day of the first time that Christian Schrappel will be preaching in his life. And we are um, so grateful. Uh, Christian leads uh, the middle school um, ministry here, and he's a local boy, uh, grew up on the Windward Side. And at one time, he was a, um, an intern here. And uh, I remember the first day I met him because I was really interested in knowing who this guy is. So I came downstairs after being up here, and I walked down. I wasn't preaching that day, so I could come in and see what was happening. And I come into the room where he is, and this girl is this girl is jumping over the sofa, and her foot catches on the top of and does a faceplant right there. And I'm going, okay, who's in charge here? It was... Christian. That was the first time I ever met her. Interesting, the girl's name was Cascade. Uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously. But um, Christian has been a, a great addition to the team. Uh, within a year or so, um, the the middle school has doubled, and he and Matt Yamamoto have put together a wonderful uh, youth uh, program. And so, um, you know, first time preaching, is it can be um, a little crazy in that... Uh, I remember when my first sermon years ago, actually 40 years ago, uh, no, earlier than that, um, I was um, an intern in North Carolina, Montreat, and I happened to be speaking at Billy Graham's church. And they said, um, Dr. Graham may be coming today. I actually, that morning, I threw up twice in the toilet. (laughs) But he did it five times today, so that's, you know, nothing, no, no, he did it at all. So, um, we, you know, and I should say preachers are, are made by a congregation. You all were so supportive of me 40 years ago when I first started here and gave my first sermon. And um, congregations really, through your support and encouragement, as I've experienced it over the last years too, really help uh, make the person, the preacher. And so please give a warm, loving, wonderful aloha and welcome to Christian Trappel.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you, Pastor Dan, for that lovely introduction. I really haven't thrown up this morning, I promise. I am so honored to have the opportunity to be here this morning and speak to you as we continue our conversation on God's character. Before we begin, let's go ahead and join together in prayer. Father, your goodness and grace are so much greater than we can ever comprehend. Please help us as we attempt to better understand who you are. Open our hearts and our minds, and Lord, please speak through me and allow us to become more aware of your presence. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, if Christian is in charge of the middle schoolers, then what is he doing up here talking to the adults? And more importantly, who's watching the middle schoolers? (laughs) Just kidding, they're right here. Now, the answer is twofold. First, we read in Matthew 18, Jesus tells us that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must first become like a little child. And today I'm going to be teaching on probably one of the most familiar children's ministry stories. Second, I mentioned in my year-end review to Pastor Dan and Chris Pan that I'd like the opportunity sometime to teach the adults. Now you see, the thing is, I didn't really expect them to let me teach on a Sunday to the entire congregation. But obviously, they called my bluff, and here we are. Before we jump into today's passage, I'd like to ask you a question. And this is not a rhetorical question. Show of hands, who here would like to have? A closer relationship with God. Don't be shy. Go ahead and raise your hands up high if you want to be closer to God in your daily life. Now, keep your hands up and take a quick look around. Just as I had expected, many of us here today desire to have a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Before you put your hands down, go ahead and give someone near you a high five. I have some really good news for you this morning. God wants to meet with you. He wants to have a meaningful relationship with each and every one of us. Today's passage revolves around a prophet from the Old Testament named Jonah. You probably know Jonah as the guy that was swallowed by a giant fish. That's the part of the story that my middle schoolers usually walk away with. Now, I picked Jonah because it demonstrates so well God's desire to have a relationship with us. So without further ado, Jonah 1-1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. I'm going to pause here for just a second Because already in the first few verses, we see how God desires to meet with us. He asks Jonah to go to Nineveh because the people have turned away from God and have turned towards wickedness. God doesn't want to just give up on them. He wants to meet with the people of Nineveh. And Jonah, being the faithful servant of the Lord, says, Nah, We read next. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He headed for Tarshish. He went down to Jopa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Jonah not only says no to God, he actually heads in the exact opposite direction. And this leads me to my second point this morning we consciously and subconsciously try to avoid God. Now, there are a few possible reasons why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. And honestly, I think that they speak to why we might say no to God also. First of all, it was inconvenient for Jonah. Nineveh was about 400 miles away from his hometown in Israel, and it would have taken him a considerable amount of time to travel there. How often do we say no to God because he is asking us to do something that isn't what we had in mind? Second, Jonah was rather afraid of the Ninevites. They were known for their cruelty and violence, and Jonah was probably thinking that God was sending him on a suicide mission. Do we ever avoid listening to God because we're afraid of what might happen to us? Finally, I think that Jonah ran away because he thought that he couldn't make a difference. How could one man convince an entire city to change their ways? And how often do we feel overwhelmed by what God is calling us to do? I was 16 years old when I first truly encountered the presence of God. I can remember it so vividly. I was at a weekend retreat with my high school, and on the last night, we were in the midst of a spirit filled worship time. I felt the presence of God come upon me, and suddenly, I had this thought I am supposed to go into ministry. I asked God, is that you? And the response was, who else would it be? (laughs) Touche, all right. I was so excited for God had spoken to me and he had given me some clear direction. However, this excitement lasted for all about a week or so. I started having doubts. You see, I had been rewarded a full ride scholarship to attend UH Manoa through the Army ROTC program it would be so inconvenient for me to give up a free college education to pursue full-time ministry. And on top of that, I became afraid of what my friends might think. Would people still wanna hang out with me if I became a pastor? Finally, could I even make a difference? Underneath this facade of confidence, and outgoing was a shy and timid, broken person who deals with anxiety and depression. I began to talk myself out of pursuing full-time ministry as I consciously avoided God. Now, there are many reasons why we might avoid God, and I believe that the Ninevites turned away from God subconsciously. They got caught up in the desires of the world, the temptations of flesh. They chose a life of earthly pleasures because they did not realize that there was something that was so much better available to them. And that's why God wanted Jonah to go to the Ninevites, to let them know what they were missing out on. And I think that we can fall in that same trap today. Why read our Bible when we can just watch TV or play video games or binge on Netflix? Why come to church or go to small group when we can feel connected by signing into Facebook or Instagram? Why seek healing and forgiveness from God when we can just numb our pain with busyness and drugs and alcohol? Why deal with the stickiness of commitment when we can just turn to pornography or hooking up with whoever we want. The problem is, all of these things are just shallow imitations of the real joy. And they always, they always leave us wanting more. I want to be transparent with you this morning. I have struggled with all of these temptations myself at some point in time. Now, this reminds me of the famous Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. For about $40, you can interact with wax statues of all sorts of famous people, from movie stars to famous athletes to even royals. Now, although it is just an imitation, we get so excited to see these famous people up close, to take pictures with them, to pretend like we actually got to meet them. We settle for the fake. Now I tried to look up how much Madame Tussauds museums bring in every year, and I couldn't find the exact number. But what I did find was that in 2007, all of the museums that is under the Madame Tussauds brand were sold for nearly $2 billion. I think that this gives us an idea of how much value we place on these imitations. The point is this. When we, get, when we can't get the real thing, we settle for the fake. And we will spend a lot of money and time pursuing the fake. With God who offers us a real love, we often get distracted by the fake things in the world. And they take us away from his love. Now let's get back to our friend Jonah. He had just boarded a ship headed in the opposite direction of where God was calling him to be. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, and so they asked him, What shall we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. For I know that it is my fault that this storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. They cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. And then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And there it is, Jonah's claim to fame. He was swallowed by a giant fish and immediately the storm died away. Jonah thought that he could run away from God. He thought that he could just catch a ship and avoid what God was calling him to do. The thing that Jonah overlooked is that God is omnipresent. He is with us everywhere we go. Far and wide, God is there. And who are we kidding when we try to hide and be disobedient? Because he sees it. But the good news is, and this brings me to my third point, is that God chases after us. Just like we learned a few weeks ago in the parable of the lost sheep or the parable of the lost son, God does not give up on us. He pursues us and he continues to love us no matter how far we have gone. We see this both in Jonah's case and the Ninevites' case. And I think that if we look closely enough, we might even see this in our own lives. God does not give up on us even when we turn away from him. Even when we try to do things on our own accord and fail miserably, God is always there arms stretched wide, waiting to catch us. I personally was fighting the calling that God had placed on my heart to go into full-time ministry. I pushed against it with all my might. My senior year of high school, things came to a point. I had been paddling all four years, and at this point I was the captain of my paddling team. I was seat one in my canoe, and everyone looked to me to set the pace. One evening, as practice was wrapping up down at the Alawai, we were pulling the boats out of the water and putting away our paddles. I was walking back to the spot where we kept our bags, and all of a sudden, there was a sharp pain in my left foot. Looking down, expecting to find a pokey of some sort, I saw something that I will never forget. Sticking out of my heel was a needle. My tough captain persona crumbled in a moment's notice. I was on my knees, sobbing, realizing that I could very easily have just contracted a serious disease. I went to urgent care that evening where they took some blood samples and they prescribed me an HIV prophylactic just in case. And this is when I learned that I had to wait six months to find out if I had contracted some sort of STI. It felt like I had just been thrown overboard in the midst of a crazy storm. Now remember how I told you I had received that full-ride scholarship from the Army ROTC program? Well, they told me that they could not review my physical exam until I was cleared from this whole needle stick. And I was really frustrated, mainly because this meant that I could not take part in the summer activities before the ROTC program that started in the fall. In the meantime, one of my high school friends invited me to come and check out a youth group that he attended on Friday nights. He told me that it was at some golf club over in Kaneohe, and that it was a ton of fun. I decided to check it out since my church at the time did not have a youth group, and I ended up falling in love with this youth group, and I wanted to come every single Friday. I was so bummed to find out that when I graduated high school, I would not be able to continue attending the youth group. This is when I learned about an internship opportunity with the middle school group during the summer. I thought to myself, well, since I can't do the ROTC activities, maybe I should do this. Now, this internship made me realize how much I love working with the youth and it reminded me of the calling that God had placed on my heart to pursue full-time ministry. The only issue was that I had already committed to attending UH and joining the Army. Finally, in July, I was cleared from the needle stick. I had not contracted any diseases, and the Army could finally review my physical. It was August 2nd, 2012, Just two weeks before I was supposed to start classes, when I received a letter in the mail from the Department of Defense. I tore it open and yanked the letter out. My hands were shaking with anticipation. Dear Mr. Schrappel, I regret to inform you. I had failed my physical. Apparently, my eyesight was not good enough. How could I not see this coming? (laughs) I was blindsided (laughs) in more ways than one. I apologize, Pastor Dan's humor has been rubbing off on me a little bit. (laughs) It felt like I had been swallowed by a giant fish. My entire world was flipped upside down, and all I could do was get on my knees and pray. Now, Jonah found himself in a similar situation, although probably just a bit more precarious than mine. Left with nothing else to do, Jonah got on his knees And he prayed this prayer. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents whirled about me. All your waves and breakers, they swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, and yet I looked again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waves threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. forever. But you, Lord my God, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you in your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of great praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And with that, the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This brings me to point three and a half. God chases after us, and he is merciful. He doesn't chase after us with one rubber slipper slippin hand, ready to give us some mean lickens. No, he is merciful, and he embraces us like the loving father that he is. Like Jonah, I found myself with nowhere else to turn but to prayer. I was in the belly of a giant fish, and I needed direction." I remember being on my hands and my knees in my room and I was praying, God, why did you let this happen to me? This was my plan. This was my life. And now it's all ruined. How am I supposed to pay for college? What am I supposed to do? I was in complete despair when all of a sudden I heard the voice that had spoken to me a few years earlier. And it said to Simple words. Youth ministry. I remember asking again, Lord, is that you? Duh, it's me. Who else would it be? (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm just making sure. So how am I supposed to do this? Father, it's already August and I only have two weeks until classes are supposed to start. Now, it just so happened that the same day. I received a letter informing me that I had lost my internship. I also received a letter from a Christian university in Portland, Oregon that offered a, minist- or a major in youth ministry. The letter informed me that they offered rolling admission, which meant that even though classes started in 2 weeks, I could still apply and start that fall. I took a deep breath as a wave of calm washed over me. But then I thought, how am I going to pay for this? I was going from a full-ride scholarship to a private university on the mainland, and there was no way I could afford it. Now, there's a saying that goes, God's will, God's bill. And sure enough, God made it rain. I was accepted into the honors program, which cut my tuition in half. On top of that, I was going into ministry, and I received a few more scholarships that helped bring down the cost. This did not cover it all, however, and it came down to my parents' generosity, which allowed me to pursue this degree in youth ministry. Within a week of receiving my denial letter from the army, I was accepted into a new university, had received enough scholarships to make it possible, And I found myself moving to a city that I had never been before. I had tried to run away from God. And when I finally turned back to him, he was waiting for me there, waiting to meet with me. Now, right after Jonah was spit up from the fish, we read this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And guess what Jonah did this time? He listened and he obeyed God and went to Nineveh. God had chased after Jonah and showed him mercy. What's even more amazing in this is that God chased after the Ninevites as wicked and cruel and self-centered as they were and he showed them mercy. This is how it went down. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city, and it took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from greatest to least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, and covered himself with sackcloth and sat in the dust. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. Now, how incredible is that? After all that worry and anxiety that pushed Jonah to run away from God, was for nothing. He listened to God's calling. And from the sound of this passage, it didn't sound like he had a very hard time convincing the Ninevites. I believe that the Ninevites knew they were missing out on something greater. Through all of their debauchery, they were left feeling empty. So when Jonah came along preaching what God had told him, they knew it to be true. Even the king of Nineveh, Listened and he repented. Now, this is where things go sideways for Jonah once more. In his mind, Jonah didn't think that the Ninevites deserved a second chance, which is a little ironic coming from Jonah like, really? (laughs) Even though that was what he was preaching, Jonah was upset when God decided to show them mercy. He essentially has a little pity party for himself at the end of the book. We read from Jonah chapter four. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is why, why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity Now, Lord, take away my life, (laughs) for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Really, Jonah? Come on. Although Jonah had grown a ton since he had been thrown overboard, he obviously still had quite a bit of growing to do. And this is a huge reminder for us today. We are never going to be perfect this side of heaven, but hopefully we can continue to learn and grow closer to God. The point of growing closer to God is not that we might earn favor with him, but rather so that we might be able to help others see the glory of God and live a better life. Imagine how much pain and suffering Jonah could have avoided if he had just listened to God in the first place. Now, I do, I do need to give Jonah some credit here. The only reason that we know about this negative response that he had and how he threw himself a pity party was because Jonah included this in his book. Jonah had the humility to show us his shortcomings so that we might be able to learn from it. And now it is my turn to be vulnerable with you. All through high school, on top of paddling, I found my identity in running track. I was a hurdler, and because of my long legs, (laughs) I was naturally pretty good at it. I'd like to show you a quick video of a race from... (laughs) (laughs) The middle schoolers know it's coming. I'd like to show you a quick video of a race from early in my track career. Dan wanted me to show you that video. I, <laughs> I think because he wants me to stay humble. Um, now, it would have been easy for me to give up on track after this race. right? I could have hung my shoes up and said eh, it was a good run, but I didn't. I pushed myself to grow and become a better hurdler. Here's a picture of me that ended up in the star bulletin. The best part of this picture is that this was a championship race at Kamehameha School's track. And you might notice those two guys next to me are Kamehameha School runners, so it felt pretty good. (laughs) As we go through life, we are going to encounter obstacles. Sometimes we might be able to sail right over them, Other times, we might be able to go through the obstacles without much effort. Still other times, we are going to fall flat on our faces in front of a stadium full of people watching. (laughs) The important thing to remember is that the race is not over. No matter how badly we mess up or how far we stray away from God, our Heavenly Father still wants to meet with us. He wants to see us grow and to help others grow around us. If you are currently in a low place, please do not give up hope. God wants to meet with you. And if you're in a good place, praise God and see what he wants you to do. Who are the Ninevites in your life who may need some encouragement? Remember, God wants to meet with you. Are you ready to meet with him? Please join me in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and grace, for your continual desire to meet with us and have a true relationship. Father, we ask that you would draw us closer to you and remind us of your great love. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Praise God for his
3: mercy. Praise God for Christian Schrappel and his very first sermon. That was tremendous. I think Christian may be by the door. Um, And praise God for you in this congregation, in this community, who is committed to investing in and raising up a new generation of leaders for this church and for the world. Uh, We hope that you heard not just Christian's words this morning, but Christ's words himself to you, that God indeed wants to meet with you. Uh, If you would like prayer, if you would like to meet with God, please come forward to the cross, to the choir riser. Members of our prayer team would be delighted to pray with you and for you, but now please receive this blessing. May the love of God our Father. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.
0: The story of Jonah is our story, too. By running away from God, we make it harder on ourselves. But he chases after us with mercy and love. And the sooner we stop trying to escape, the sooner we can rest in that love. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at forty five 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 zero 550 Kionaole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 930, and 1111. Follow First Pres on Twitter and Facebook. Download the new First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. If you need more, you can call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.